Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. A grain of rice, a, a grain of rice, if you want to tip the scale, just remember that then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show, we're missing, 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 then we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Welcome again to part two of this special extended interview with Larry Tompkins, the former Kildare and Cork great. Um, in the first part of our segment, we mostly focused on Larry's career with Eadstown, with Kildare, and of course his glorious period around the Bronx in New York with Gaelic Park with Donegal. When he did return to Cork, eventually it wasn't to the intercounty setup. It was to Castlehaven. It was to Union Hall. It was to a special breed of GA and a special breed of footballer that they have down in that part of West Cork. But it wasn't long before Billy Morgan and Cork came calling. And I had to smile when Tompkins started telling us about his first couple of training sessions with Cork. He was so far ahead of the rest of the team. He was looking around thinking, these guys are trying to make me feel good. And I think it was the culture change that he brought to the setup that was certainly a significant factor in what Cork football would go on to achieve over the next few years. But Tompkins' priority was as much Castlehaven as it was Cork. And winning that first county for that parish of that part of West Cork was as significant, I would venture, to Tompkins as an All-Ireland final with Cork. Here's part two of the Tompkins story. When we finished up in part one, um, you had gone back to the fact that you had discovered this gym in Nace. You were beginning to get yourself bulked up at 17 if earlier in the first part you painted that lovely scene of yourself running up and down the Bronx in the snow, so obviously physically, um, you were you were pretty much there like from a young age. How much when you got to play with Cork in '87? I mean, how complete a footballer were you when you made your debut with Cork? And I know Castlehaven is to come, but in terms of your football, were you already 70, 80% of where you would eventually become? Um, I would have felt that I was kind of really at a good place, yeah. I felt that... I would have always felt like they were playing that you, you, you're, you're, you're always developing and you're always learning. And um, I suppose what was very significant for me in, in 87 was my first game with Castle Avon, even though I played with Cork first. Um, I played against the Bars in the Keller Shield. And the Bars was was the turn in probably every side that time. They were a hell of a team. 
and Dave Barry, yeah, Slocum, yeah, like and, and Christy Ryan, Christy Ryan, and, uh, Gene Desmond, like they, they had a real, a real strong team. Uh, but Castlehaven had never beaten the Bars, like even at league or championship, and bet them in the county final at senior county final when Castlehaven's first ever appearance in the county final in '79. The Bars hammered them in the county final, and I'd say ever since that they were just a big turn in their side. They couldn't beat them. But I suppose there was a there was a real appetite and 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 uh, for Castlehaven since when I got transferred there was a a great buzz and uh, the game when I played it with Cork again Dublin it was on the Saturday the following Friday night was the game against the Bears it was amazing like was it just a league game or was it the final No it was a league game it was oh, just, just a ordinary league league game and I, I and I was just staying up the road in Union Hall in the pitch or in the in a house and I just walked down the hill. I couldn't, it was a real glorious evening and the matches was start at seven but the crowd that came to it, it was just, uh, I suppose people just wanted to see me play mm. and you know the whole of West Cork at that time was just uh, evaporated with football, like it was just, you, you know, they just loved it, like it wasn't a case that you went to one or two games of a weekend, that time people went to three or four or five games and never missed a game in West Cork and uh, I thought, I couldn't believe when I seen the crowd, like I was walking down and going into the play the match and um, it was just a game that we put back imagine a league game like I think it was put back 20 minutes or 25 minutes before the game started and um, a huge huge attendance uh, was there and I was coming off the field we, were, we bet the bars by 6 points the same night and uh, it was Mark and Gene Desmond and uh, I was just coming off the field and this man i never forget this old man uh, come over to me in the midst of the crowd just come out and over and I'd never met him and he he had an old hat on him and he took off the hat and he got down on his knees and he said, I went down one knee and he said, that's the best performance I've ever seen by any player in my life. Wow. And I went in to the dressing room and I still didn't know who he was and it was Christy Collins' father after when I, when I heard it was a guy called Dan Collins who, who Dan and Nate Cleary more or less kind of um, got Castlehaven. We're almost home. the founding fathers. Yeah. 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 So... Look, it was something that was really, uh, really special. Like to, you know, you obviously had a big night. Well, like yeah, I don't know. Okay, yeah, I don't know what I scored, but I scored a few. I think I scored. I think I scored about twelve or thirteen points the same night. Yeah, but it really played well that night. Yeah, and that basically kick-started the love affair. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and um, I suppose I became very, uh, became very settled in Castlehaven, and 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 I suppose the the friendships that that the team and the players and. And just you know, it was like it was like um, it was like if the the man above kind of sent me down to this club and said, "This is where you belong." Like yeah. they were just as fanatic as what I was. Kindred spirits. Yeah, like it was just, yeah, you know, it was just uh, it just seemed to just knit well, and um, just really enjoyed just. Uh, and I used to always love having like a couple of drinks after a game then and talk about the games. People said, "Jesus, do you ever get fed up of it?" But I used to, I I love talking about them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, uh, it was just that was just the way it was, and I suppose it free rolled on then to, you know what I mean? The 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 excitement then with Cork and the Munster final, and and it's funny my first game was in the Munster Championship against Limerick, and sure like, Jesus, like people were saying, sure I didn't know like, Cork going to beat Limerick by thirty points and all this. So I kind of went into it kind of, um, you know, I was uh, sorry before that my first training session with Cork, I went up and and. Um, I was saying to Niall, Niall Droma, he was doing courier service at the time and, and uh, I went up in his van and I was fucking feared in the train session. I said, Jesus, like, you know. But I went up anyway and Billy said to me, you know, um, 
kind of welcoming to the set up and it was one of those nights of a Monday night or a Tuesday night there was going to be a real hard session could have been two and a half weeks away from the Limerick game uh, so he, he, Billy said to me you know these lads are in great shape you know fall out <laughs> fall out whenever you want I said fine so we went in we done a little bit in the gym a few exercises at that time press ups and sit ups and and we went back on the field then and we done a small bit of a warm up and then he we we done four laps. So done four laps, so I lapped everyone no matter even you know. So they're all kinda of looking and so but I said to myself, you know, are these fellas just kinda of let me kinda of win this or what? I was so I kinda of, might have took Billy back a bit and and uh, we done a few other bits and pieces and then he said Towards the end, we do another four laps. Of course, he, he wanted to see, was this fucking... Yeah, was this a fluke or was uh, this for real? But I lapped him worse the next time. So he says to me, um, I never forget, he said, I didn't care. I was fucking determined to be to, to, to be successful. So he says, Jesse he says, you're in great shape. She says, I said, Billy, I don't know. I said, I'm in good enough shape. But she says, I said, some of those fellas there, I said... <laughs> <laughs> I said I wouldn't like to be fucking training them you know what I mean because this was at a stage I suppose my first day it wasn't a case that I, I was going up there to just kind of see how it went and I wasn't kind of more or less saying concrete this in is going to be the whole the summer even though I had played again Dublin in that in that challenge match but um, that was my first training session with Cork and and, and, and uh, then about the my first game then was against Limerick, and I, and and geez, I had trained the day before. I had trained like uh, in the Union Hall. <laughs> I I had done about an hour and a half or two hours training session, and I kind of went I kind of went in again uh, Limerick, and I sure I was kind of I was I was kind of planning for the Munster final like mm-hmm. in my head like, and sure um, I was only very moderate, and it was coming out to feel. There wasn't a big crowd at the game, and there was a load of people again from Castle Avon and West Cork and stuff up there, and and. Uh, so they were coming away saying, Jesus, even Castle Abraham said, Jesus, we we expected too much. Even though they were after seeing me playing against the Bars, but this was at another level. Like They thought I was going to run through these like on my own and kick about 10 or 11 pints. And, but it didn't happen on the night. I was uh, very average. And, and Shea would have been much better. Like Shea had a great game the same night. So I was coming off the field. And as I said, the Beamish room that time was open and fellas were out having a, a, probably a few jars. But this guy... Jeez, he roared, don't know the stand. He said, go back to Calair. He says, you're useless. <laughs> you know I mean? But anyway, the most, I went back anyway. And I, did, I didn't have a drink that night because I was a bit a bit disappointed the way I played. Like, and Even though I kind of took him for granted. Like, I thought we'd hammer him. I kind of be easy enough. So we only won by four or five points. And uh, so it was a month later, the most of the final. So the following day, I was out six o'clock in the morning training again. So On I the said, Monday? Yeah. So I said to myself, yeah, uh, no, that game was a Saturday evening. This is oh, Sunday yeah. morning. I was out. I'll never forget, I went down to the pitch in Unihal at 6 o'clock. And I, ran the, and I said, that little fucker that I seen up in that stand, I said, I want to fucking see him in four weeks' time. Yeah. And that's an amazing thing I did. So, you know, it must have finally the way it went. And I was coming out to feel after drawing, and I was after having a hell of a game. And I was looking up, and no sign of this little fucker anywhere to be seen. But as it turned out, he ended up one of my great buddies then, Paddy Welsh of the Glen. You may have heard of yeah, wee Paddy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Paddy was a great character, but he never missed a match. Like, and, and uh, But I often tell him that, <laughs> I often said that story to him, you know what I mean, in relation to 
motivation. Do you genuinely, looking back now, and you're looking at it obviously from a, a far more mature perspective, do you think maybe that you, if you didn't change the mindset, you certainly helped change the mindset in terms of what that Cork group should have expected of themselves? Uh, I think there's a hell of a lot, uh, initially, a hell of a lot of good players in Cork. I think they just needed, if there was one thing, maybe that was would have been a good way of putting it, that I added to this thing. Mm. I think we added, we added um, a greater intensity in training and we needed it because you know, I felt coming down the line. I knew me. I knew what was coming. Even if uh, you know, I remember beating Kerry and me. We uh, for a lot of Cork fellas, uh, that was massive because mm. it was just a. You know, they had been hammered like for so many years. Like it was just a. You know, to beat them in the replay in Killarney was mm. even more special because Absolutely. of the fact like that. Um, Cork had never experienced that in Killarney mm. for a long, long time. Like, so. Corkfell has really celebrated that like but for myself and Shea it was kind of no big deal like well not it wasn't a big deal but we didn't take it to the same level like you had bigger goals yeah and like I was saying to Shea like Jesus Christ I said like you know Kerry you're fine like they are the team to beat but like fuck could you know me like yeah like we had no we, we knew what was coming down the conveyor belt like and we felt like Mead were the team to beat like yeah and we just said like there's no fucking way we're going to win any other and if we're going to you know be celebrating this you see if you're if you're even a club manager and one of your top inter-county players comes back into the setup, he lifts the standard of training and I mean I know you're too modest to say it but I'm picturing that setup, and you probably demanded so much of yourself that you were obviously then by that demanding more of others in that setup. Well, I would have felt there was massive leaders in that car team that developed, like... Afterwards. Yeah, I think, you know, Nye Callan was an example. He was Conor Conan. Shea. Yeah, Shea. Like, t- even, like, even Teddy McCarthy, had, he, he was a great man for the big day, like... Mm. He'd, be, he'd be impossible to try and get fit to the level of where you want them. But he was just massive, like... Um, you know, John Cairns, he had massive influence, like... You know, he was a great presence, like, you know... Um, but there was five or six real good leaders there that that really took it on the mantle and 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 said, "Look, we need to train harder." Like, mm. and I, like I remember going down to see Karen Conan one day at lunchtime, and he worked in the sorting out the bottles down in rehab on the way down to Parky Kiev. And I went down one day around lunchtime, and I and there was a guy there. I said, "Is Conor on?" Yeah, you'll find him down there in the showgrounds. And I fucking looked in the showgrounds. He was training at lunchtime. And like Cork were trained that night as well, like. Mm. So like, guys started to say, "Look, fuck it, we, we we talk we we're here, but we need to get to another place." Mm. And the tone was set then by a few guys like that, and 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 training became, training then became very competitive. Where you wanted, like, mm. because it probably it probably wasn't going to get to where it was, uh, the way it was going, like. Mm. And we needed to step it up, like. And in fairness to Billy, he appreciated like that. We needed to step it up, like. And uh, training became real hard games, real, real, very competitive backs and forwards. Um, guys came to training. There wasn't much talking. The training had to be done. And um, 
I think the team started to improve and show it then. And there was no Cork Mead rivalry per se until no. eighty seven. You appreciated what Mead were going to bring to the no, table. No. Do you think the lads in the dressing room, the Cork lads, appreciated what was coming down the tracks, as you say? No, they were totally naive. I always say I got up uh, at a meeting prior to the Hall Iron final and said that you know at that time it was tough and physical like it was it was a bit different the way things are, are refereed nowadays like at that time if if you had a confrontation beside the linesman like and one fella could clock another fella and the linesman wouldn't say boo like mm. um, things just happened on the field like that, that you had to be able to deal with your certain corner and certain place on the pitch and, and I stressed that to the Cork fellas like that before the Halloran final that you know don't be one bit surprised like if you're taken out here mm. You know, and, and and that was the way me 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 did a hell of a team, like, and 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 I wouldn't take away from them in relation to their ability, but they were tough, they were hard. And you know, I funny mean. enough, and obviously you know where I'm from, but funny, it was after Lard the '86 final, sorry, after the '86 semi final. If yeah. you remember, Kerry yeah. beat me right. uh, in the '86 semi final. And many years afterwards, I was talking to Liam Hayes, I mean, obviously, who was a journalist, um, and he gave me an unbelievable, because I felt me they were tough, tough physically. And as you said, Mick Lyons, all those boys, Harnan. But I remember Liam Hayes, I went into that dressing room after the 86 semi-final for quotes, and it was like, it was actually like an an accident, an emergency ward. There was fellas in slings, there was fellas laid out. And Liam Hayes had said to me, we thought we were tough yeah. until we bounced up against this Kerry side. Yeah. So obviously they were coming off the, and they were learning as well. So they were tuned and ready for ye in 87 and in 88. Yeah, well, would do And a lot of those Dublin play, or a lot of those Mead players came through hard, tough games again, awfully. There were serious teams in the early 80s and Dublin. Yeah. Like, I went to Leinster Finals and by God, you'd be afraid in the stand alone on the pitch. Yeah. Like, i seen a Leinster Finals. That's why, like, People would condemn him forever, and I won a cup medal with him, Brian Mullins. I seen Brian Mullins' job broke with f- 10, 15 minutes to go again, awfully in the Leicester final, and he continued. And like uh, one of those surging goals near the end, where he, where he, where he, near he ran the length of the field himself and passed into Bernard Brogan for a goal. Like, like uh, you know, you had serious battles. Like Leinster football was serious. Like Leinster football was seriously hard and tough. Yeah. And like, like Colin Morocco would tell you, like, and he's always stated like that, he kind of grew up in a, a a nice player like but the nicety he went over when he when he started to toughen up against these other teams like like he, he had to harden up like and do you think that's what cost I know there was you know swings and roundabouts mm. in those 87 and the 88 finals yeah. but do you think that you were mentally strong enough to take Mead in those first two years probably not well 87 we weren't because we just weren't ready for that battle like mm. and I think we learned a lot from it I think, um, and uh, the funny thing about '87, even like just to tell you about the, the the support that team was getting, like this is, this is hard to believe. Like we we came back after losing the All Ireland final, there was close to thirty thousand people in Cork that night. Hard to believe, after losing. Yeah. How many would you get? Wouldn't get three hundred. No. And like, it was the old. We're talking here, no one said in the new examiner office, but that was in the old examiner office on on Academy Street. That's right. And I remember Conor Conan was captain, and we were inside 
he was out in the veranda, the veranda window. That's as right. you hopped out, you pulled up the sash window, and he hopped out and he gave his speech and the amount of the crowds. And I remember my name being shouted and I hopped out the window and they wanted a few words and I just promised him that, please God, we'd bring back the Samoa back in 12 months' time. But it was just the, the support the team was getting like mm. after beating like that's what I say beating Kerry and Killarney is a huge thing like people don't realise like it just it waves the support in the direction of the footballers and footballers got huge support like uh, the mirrors like yeah and it was just the, 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 the kind of the, the seeing probably that there was going to be huge potential and I think that that day was a massive learning curve for for, for car footballers the Holland final mm. because there was no doubt ability wise we were good enough. But hardness, toughness, no. We weren't good enough. And was it just a case of learning, trial and error? Well, we came back in 88 and look, it's been talked about 10,000 times, but I think we were good enough in 88. I think it was one that got away from us. Mm. I think we should have won that. I think we, we, we that first game in 88 again, Mead, like we, we, Car played unbelievable football in that game, like massive second half. I can remember, like we, I went midfield with Shea Fahey and we absolutely dominated Mead. Like Mead hardly got the ball down the other end of the field. Let's say when we were about ten minutes to go. But you didn't put him away. We didn't put him away. No, we wore three points ahead of them, and they narrowed it. And we had a couple of chances. Like they buried a great chance of a goal. Uh, McQuillan smothered them. Uh, another time, maybe you know he would have put it in. Mm. we missed a few other times missed a couple of easy frees that could have scored uh, but I think it was a day though that Cork had to win in that game was that the Tommy Shukru final? yeah yeah. No, actually he wasn't well liked no <laughs> there's a man in this office who sits across from me from the sports desk still hasn't forgiven him I think nearly 30 years later well, Dr. Con Murphy was doing a uh, speak down in I heard this story I heard that story in sure they were talking about he came on the field in 89 to save Jimmy Burke when he swallowed his tongue and, and I think Dr Khan said he only saved one man in his life and that was Tommy Sugru. <laughs> when, he saw, when he saw Billy Morgan going for him yeah. he intervened so yeah. yeah it was a look listen um, the way that game finished and then the way the replay kind of was it wasn't a pretty replay like no it was fights all over the place and it became a battle and tell me about that because at that stage you weren't backing down from them in 80. Like, this was the, the replay was your third All Ireland final, effectively playing them. So, you weren't backing down physically. So, it actually, I remember that day, it was a grim battle yeah. of wills. Well, the first game I, I ended up. It's funny, the first, just hitting a little bit, and I don't overboard the, 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 the conversation in relation to the thing. But I think it's important that the way things happen on the field. 88, I'd kind of gone into the final with a with a kind of a slight pull on my hamstring. And uh, I was playing centre-forward with Teddy and Shea midfield. And um, we were going bad early on in that game. And we were we were getting crucified around the midfield and the half-hour line, we were getting no ball. And I just darted for a ball and I knew my hamstring was gone. And I was kind of, in my head, I was kind of giving up that I was coming to the line to tell Billy my, my hamstring was gone. And even though I said to myself it was the last thing in the world and the other side of my brain saying, I need to beat this fellas. And I was coming to the line and Billy was coming to the pitch to tell me at the same time to go midfield. And I was coming to him head on to tell him that I was gone. 
and before I kind of got it out and the way Billy shouted go midfield Teddy sent the ball get, the, get him over there to fuck so do you know what I just turned and said if this is the last game I'll ever play I'm going to wipe this out of my mind so basically I played with with fucking hamstring torn and I tore it worse and believe it or not I ended up getting man the match that day playing midfield and went in after the game and this is where the whole thing then started after after drawing the game coming back in the train and I was more or less Khan said there's not a hope in hell this guy can be right and the replay was lucky enough was, wasn't for three weeks mm. because it wasn't two weeks because there was the Nissan Classic was on in Dublin two weeks later so I pushed back to three weeks so of course Frank then you're, you're saying that soccer doesn't come into it but I got a call the following day would it be at could it be at Cork Airport that was going to Man United for treatment? Organised by Frank? Organised by Frank, yeah. And I was picked up with a guy called Paddy Quirin uh, at the airport in Manchester. And I Paddy Quirrand? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know Paddy, of course, yeah. Yeah, and he drove me to where I was staying in the Copton Hotel right beside Old Trafford and told me that um, I'd be picked up the next morning by whoever just be at reception. So I was picked up all right, by Paul McGrath and Brian Robson. And Ferguson was only after, I suppose that was 88. Ferguson was there about a couple of years Yeah. at that stage. And they trained a place called the Cliff Training Ground. So went out there, my first introduction out there in the Cliff Training Ground. And Ferguson came up, met me, and told me anything I wanted. Just... Don't hesitate to be a taxi here, to be anything at the go to the reception desk. And um you know what I mean, you had the players uh, dressing rooms that was kinda of like down in the basement, everything ready for them. They just arrived in the morning, they didn't have to bring a fucking pair of a boots or a stocking or anything, everything lined up for them downstairs. And then you had uh, they had two floors and it they had a, an upstairs where they'd done all the treatment and then another floor then where they had the food area. You got food there and stuff as well. So there was a guy then, there was a physio in Man United at that time called Jim McGregor. He was a Cahys fella. And Jim basically looked after me and, and the bedside alongside me was Norman Whiteside. And, of course, Man United had a lot of beauties that time. They had a guy called Clayton Blackmore and Lee Sharp. And and, and here was me and, and the boys sent to me every morning to pick me up, McGregor and, and Brian Robson. And Kevin Morden had just left to go to Spain yeah. and I would have known Kevin because I played against him uh, in my latter times when he was with Dublin and um, they were saying to me how much money do you get you're playing in front of 90,000 and get no money <laughs> he said that Kevin Moran they used to call Kevin it wasn't more than like yeah. Kevin Moran yeah. he used to say do it for the love of the game you know what I mean they couldn't get this into their heads at all you yeah. know what I mean but I used to be coming back there getting taxis from the cliff train after treatment and, and, and I'd be saying to the taxi driver, they'd be, they'd be implied by Man United, like, they were saying, oh, I said, Man United going that, did you? <laughs> I'll bring you down to the pub now tonight, they're all in it. I'll bring you down to the pub the nightclub there. The, 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 he said they'll win the drinking competition. <laughs> yeah. So, look. Um, and how many times a week were you getting physio treatment? Or a day? Three times a day. I used to have to stay there. I used to go in at nine o'clock in the morning when the lads, the lads would pick me up at quarter past eight, and they'd have to be there at quarter to nine. I should the smell of fucking drink half time was unreal. It was unreal, like it was hard to believe. Like people wouldn't believe these stories, like, but it was just. Uh, and but look, within twelve months, Ferguson cleared a lot of them out, like gone. 
Like so that. how long did you actually stay there? I was there for nearly three. I was really? there for nearly three weeks. Yeah, I was uh, getting treatment three times a day. But after, after about a, uh, say after about a week, I could feel my leg really right. Like, geez, the dwarf, he was fantastic. Like, it was just because they usually say like a torn hammer, like it's six like, weeks. Look, he said to me, he said, look. He said, uh, I had the doctor, Dr. Condit, to send him a letter or whatever, state the, the whole process, and they were able to examine it. And they knew after an hour, like, how the extent of it. He said he'd never seen anything like it. So I had torn it to bits, like. So he said, look, I can't guarantee anything. He said, he said witness this match. I said, it's less than three weeks, and I told him. He said, OK. One thing I said, are you willing to suffer? I said, I'll suffer, all right. And he said, OK, it's not going to be easy. He said... She won that. Put the thing into me. I had to bite him this thing. Because oh, yeah. he'd be going out and then he'd have to have his assistant holding it down because he just was, uh, had to be an awful lot of friction. Elbow? Yeah, elbow, yeah. Mm. Just to disperse the, 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 the lump that was there and the tear. But um, after about four or five days, I could see a massive improvement. Like, yeah. But uh, look, they, they go through everything. Narcy so professional that they put you through. Then before I went home, they put you through what's called then a fitness test on the hamstrings. They have, uh, each injury is fitness test is totally different. Mm. If you had a calf muscle injury, it'd be totally different, or a thigh muscle injury, hamstring. Then you he put you through a fitness test then in order for him to sign the dotted line that you're fit enough to play. Yeah. So I I passed everything with flying colours. It was it was, was perfect when I came back. Like I was perfect for in the, in the replay. It was wasn't a problem but I arrived home on the, on the Thursday before the I arrived on the Friday before the other in final on the Sunday so and how did Cork manage to swing that I mean was that another I suppose Frank Masterstroke yeah, or I what su- I suppose to have to, to do have contacts within Man United it's one of those contacts that Cork have always had like yeah. you know it's always been there like uh, but you know you learn an awful lot from from living know, living the life of a prof- even though an injured footballer yeah, a professional yeah, footballer yeah. that's three why weeks. like that's why like i you know i i had massive time for for ga people like in particular because they they you just see it through and through like how much it means to them so much more than even so, a lot of these guys that are getting big money like didn't get you over the line on the replay no, it didn't get us over the line. No, it was one of those games that you wouldn't want to look back on because it wasn't really. It was a battle of of of, of fights breaking out everywhere. Was it? Yeah. Um, I think Mead felt like that. They just need to 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 get stuck into us a bit more and 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 to make it a more of a scrap maybe than a football match. Mm. And uh, look, to be by a pint at the mm. end of the day. Uh, did did we had we arrived? At, uh, we hadn't won the All Ireland, but had we arrived in relation to. To, to, to the top no, table no, no, yeah we had yeah. we were a different team in 88 compared to 87 mm. like massive difference like like massive difference as regards uh, physicality you know what I mean uh, guys being able to take take it on their chin and, and take belts and move on I don't think that was there in 87 no uh, and I think that was the prosper then in the next few years. Was, th- was it after that Niall told me a story once about Billy was it after that game that Billy went down on his knees or something in the dressing room and said, please, God, let yeah, us well, get those 19, again. No, yeah, that was 1990. Like, because, oh, was that? Yeah, yeah because, um, like, in actually 89, 89 was a year like that, you know, there was a lot of a lot of pressure on. And even, you know, going back to my, the club then, we were at to be beaten in 87 with Castle Avon, and I, I, I sat in the dressing room, it was one of the most disappointing defeats I ever had in my life. Again, Musgrave in the quarterfinals was my first championship match with Castle Avon. 
and I, I sat in the dressing room for two hours. I, I, I played I played crap the same night after kicking eleven points against Galway in the semi final. Here I couldn't kick a score for life, no money. Jeez. But I was hitting crossbars and, and posts and, and just wasn't uh, just wasn't happening and we got beaten by a pint. And uh, I, I'd really put myself down to, to blame for losing that match. But I, I sat in the dressing room and, and just couldn't it was one of the most disappointing defeats of all times. But uh, we, we again, like I suppose with the club, uh, we 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 resurrected ourselves again the following year in '88. And the lads, in fairness, I had gone back to America again after '87 after the other and final, and back. And I came back then. Uh, I came back at Christmas time because the the, the, the the I was being honoured with an All Star in '87, and I came back for the for the for the in the Burlington, and I went back again to America then straight after. To, didn't uh, know that. And didn't come back then until. Um, until uh, April or May the following year just before the championship began okay. and Castellet were drawing in Nemo in the first round and Nemo were all our club champions and um, down in Clannacilty it was a real wet rainy day I never forget and, and to be his by a pint Pooh. so it was another even though we you know we, we, we played great football it just didn't happen for us on the day yeah. you know that's a lot of disappointments in two yeah, years yeah, there, club yeah, and county. Yeah, like Nash and Nemo were, 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 were very strong and had a very strong team. They were all earned club champions, but still, Castleham, we kind of knew like we were good enough to win that. But it was heartbreaking for the lads again to commit, to come back again, and next minute we were gone. There was no back door. Uh, we were just gone, but like Nash and went back. I stayed on with Cork, and, um, you know, 88, as we talked about there, it was just um, another disappointing end to a year, like, as regards, mm-hmm. like, uh, what direction uh, or, or what uh, I was kind of in my head to do that year you know what I mean that we needed something but we didn't get anything but mm. it didn't make me any weaker it made me even stronger I, I thought in my own head and uh, even though I went back to America again and uh, for a few months came back again at Christmas because I was again I was getting another All-Star in 88 and um, came back again in 89 and I came back a bit earlier just because Billy got on to me and asked me to come back for the league semi-final against Kerry. Uh, Carrick got the league semi-final against Kerry. So I came back a bit I came back on the tours that they were playing the Sunday. And I'd say the first time ever I, I, I didn't expect to be on, I was a sub. And uh, I come on after about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Uh, and Kerry were leading us by a good bit. But we came back down, we, we, we beat them well in the end by seven or eight points. Mm. Um we got to league final and was probably one of the good solid performances by Cork in the league final in Dublin. You know, I played midfield with Teddy that day and uh, Teddy gave an exhibition the same day, like a uh, brilliant performance. And uh, we beat Dublin and uh, we had a trip into New York to play New York in the official final of the league final that mm. year. Um, but but winning that league final was a you know it meant a lot, like yeah. Because bit of a psychological breakthrough yeah, almost yeah and and just to get a national title like mm. you know what I mean it was just that we, we were we were after battling for a good while you know and um, you know we, we, we went to New York we won over the two games and, and uh, so that was the the story with Teddy never turning up the, the, the second on the second leg of that game he was he was caught elsewhere but and myself and Teddy were midfield I don't know anything about that. Yeah, but sure, he was he was he was in Boston with a uh, we we were in New York. He went with a few friends during the week, and of course uh, didn't realize the second leg of the game was Sunday and arrived back late. And and, and the funny thing about it, like, but there's always a story with Teddy. Uh, 
he arrives at the ground then late and, and the match was started and he couldn't get in then. He had to pay to get in. <laughs> but I, 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 you give him a barricade afterwards anyway. I didn't care. So I was going on with Teddy and I was just saying after in, inside and we were in this pub in a character's pub just down the road from Gilly Park and I said, fucking Teddy. I said, where the fuck were you? I was let me... So he's fucking. He said, "Larry, for fuck's sake!" He said, "She a bit damn in her own anyway." <laughs> yeah, it was New York. Like, <laughs> it's New yeah. York. Yeah, so. yeah, but that was Teddy. But um, look, it 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 set us up nice in '89, and Castleaben were after making me captain, and the lads didn't commit to come home this time because it was the third time the four mm-hmm. lads that were after getting me to transfer, and mm-hmm. here I was. Not so much blowing alone for it, but Castle Abrams. You were the captain, and then oh, yeah. they weren't coming home. Yeah, it was the third time. Like It was just a massive commitment like to yeah. come back and to be away from work. So they probably said, like, you know, geez, our chance is probably gone. We couldn't can do it. You know? So, look, I came back, and we played, Castle Abrams played St. Nick's in the first round, home <laughs> Ballinus Garty. Jeez, we were lucky to get over the line. And I remember I went berserk inside in the dressing room afterwards. The thought it was a lunatic. And I told him, I said, we'll win the county after this. Right? And I said, we'll get down and we'll really work hard together. And and no fool around, no drink. We'll really train hard. And you know what? Uh, it was like the man above up in the sky. He kind of said, listen, Castle Abe won't win the county until you're a captain. You know what I mean? Yeah. And look, it, it, it just took off. And we ended up... Been in Northern final in Mayo. We had we had beaten Dublin in the semi final. Uh, me Dublin beat Mead in the Leinster final. Of course, we were hoping to get them, but it didn't happen. Of course. And Castleaven were in the county final against the Bars, and we were given no chance against the Bars. But look, I, I, you're talking about mad things that happen. I, I just opened up the bar across from the train station in in June of that year, and um, I was invited down to the to the agricultural show down the showgrounds the night before. It was the night before the county final against the Bars. And um, do you know what it was? It was the one game I just said I needed to perform out of this, you know. Yeah, this was the day you needed to justify yeah, the whole yeah, thing yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was very. And I, I remember leaving the pub and I walked down. I said, "I walked down. It would be a nice walk now down to the showgrounds." And I brought no bloody coat or nothing, and, and, and I'd done my piece or whatever inside the showgrounds with uh, going around to a few different things and for an hour and. And I walked out and, and it was starting to rain a bit. It wasn't raining too It started to rain a bit. And I said, fuck it, I'll walk around by the stadium here now. And, and you're talking about mad things that you do like, but I just, I was like Dan Collins when he went down on his knees when I played my first game at Castle I went down on my knees and I just prayed to Almighty God. And the rain started teeming down. And I said, jeez, the man of over said, give me the strength to have my best game of my life tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I walked out of that and I didn't even feel the rain belting off me, and I walked back to the pub. Did you actually go down on your knees? I did. Outside, Outside the stadium? stadium yeah. yeah. That Saturday night? Yeah, Saturday night. And Niall now, uh, uh, actually the lads were coming up from Castleham, but Niall didn't uh, go down or anything like that. He was living in Cork as well. And uh, Niall said he'd pick me up the next morning. So I went home on that night and I had a cold shower or whatever. And fuck it, I woke up the next day. Do you know what? It was like, I, I, I just felt like this. One of those days when you wake up, you just feel like that you, you could take on the world, like, you know? Mm. And Niall and Alvin said to me afterwards, like, I get into the car, Niall, and Niall and said, How are you feeling? And I said, Niall, I'll fucking bet him on my own today. You know? That's the truth. Yeah. You know? And look, 
it's amazing. Like I just went out and I'd say from start to finish, it was probably one of the best games. Where did you play? Eleven or in midfield? Midfield, midfield. midfield, yeah. Uh, It was a real tough, hard game as regards conditions. Uh, You know, I was at a team in rain the night before. There was a question that the match might be even the county final might be even played. Uh, But we 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 won that county final. It was a low scoring game, nine points to seven. I'd say I kicked eight points the same day from midfield. Like, I wonder what was the reaction like in the Bronx that night. So look, the lads came over, came oh, over for the county final. Like, mm. they came over for the county final. They just look, they, they they couldn't speak. Like, like it was one of the it was one of the the great moments like uh, playing because, you know, I had the pub across from the train station that time, and and I was just I suppose I was just so elated, and I just went back and believe it or not, I was walking behind it. It was so busy. I, I was behind the counter out the county final walking away and and you know what the the, the the bus was leaving late and you know what I was just I just wanted to just go, sit down and just have a nice quiet drink mm. when everyone the whole below was over and and, and just go to <coughs> just go to bed early enough and go up and enjoy the there was a man the match the next day that's right and it was to be on in, in Jury's Hotel and, and I was named man the match and um, and I wouldn't I didn't go down with the bus that night down to Castle Haven and I went the next day and it was fresh and we we had a great jizz. Like there was only there's only so many people who go to the man the match, but I think the whole of Casleven came up. Of course. You know, it was just uh, This was, was after the All Ireland final. <coughs> yeah. So you'd yeah, actually yeah. We had, won, yeah, we had won the we had won everything that year. Like, yeah. You won the league, you won like, the All Ireland, yeah. and then you ended up being man of the match yeah, and yeah, captain, captain yeah. of Castlehaven's first county championship yeah, winning team. Yeah, yeah. If you could bottle that feeling. Well, like that's that's that was just one of those years, you know what I mean? Uh it, it was just you know, sometimes in life, some things don't happen. As it was in the seven, eight, eight, we would have loved to happen quicker, but it doesn't happen like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, you it's put to your your greatest test. And uh, I think both teams in both Castle Eben and Cork showed like that they were up for the challenge. You know, we're running out of time. Um, I just want to just finish on. I actually have this book here in front mm-hmm. of me by my our former colleague here, Adrian Russell, the double. Um, how Cork made GA history, 1990. It it came together, Larry, in terms of what you wanted, Meath, in an All-Ireland final. Something that you had waited for probably at least four or five years at that stage. And you had, Cork and you had gradually got to their level, got to the pitch of it. Were you meeting as evens in that All-Ireland final, Cork and Meath? Yeah, or did you think <coughs> even that you had an edge at that stage? I, I, they would have felt like that. I would say to me, would have felt that they were ahead of us. Like we hadn't beaten them. Like, like it was a. It, it, we needed to beat them. Like it was just how badly. How bad is living your life? How bad is staying alive? Um, that's how bad it was because it was. Um, and I think everyone injected that type of feeling. It wasn't low me. Like it was a whole team. It was Billy. It was we. We played them in the league semi final on Easter Sunday, that 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 um, that year, and uh, that was the famous thing inside in the dressing room. Like that, Billy got down on his two knees and and prayed to Almighty God that uh, them fellas inside. He didn't call them nice guys, but that would be there and that we'd definitely be there. Mm. And he prayed that. Had you lost that league semi? Have we lost? Yeah. Okay. Was, uh, so uh, there was. They still thought that they had yeah, that little. It was over, it was over forty thousand people. It's hard to believe it. There was only forty thousand people at the league semi final. Like, and like, uh, just me just come out of their 
like a good car crowd that day, but Jesus Christ, me every time they played car, the crowd was fucking was unreal. Like, and then, you know, to rub it in that day, they were outside the old dressing rooms, and you know, I suppose I got more. I used to get more of a barricade because naturally they knew me mm. a lot more than they knew anyone else. And um, even though I, you know, I I would have felt I had good solid people in me like on that team that I was good friends with, like over a long period of time, uh, but. There was a lot of things that had happened over the few years. Not that I got involved in them. I always kind of uh, talked to Mead lads. It wasn't a case like that. Uh, but yes, we, we had to get Mead. Like it was just unfinished mm. business. Yeah, there was poison in the in the in the yeah, relationship yeah. just at that stage. There yeah, was. Yeah, it was. And I think that the way they had kind of you know the '88 actually was a, a massive stemming uh, rivalry. Like that in two games, like were were bitter feelings. Like. And um, there was no love lost as regards, like, when you entered the field, like. Mm. And, you know, it's amazing, like, you know, even coming on to, you know, myself and Colm gets the, the Hall of Fame. Like, I like I would have, I would have, I wouldn't have a cup medal with Colm O'Rourke. Like, I, I played with him all the way up. Like, Mead beat, his, beat me in a Leicester minor final, like, um, they were always bloody there, like, you know what I mean? They were always uh, in my head and, and, and no matter where I was going, like, Mead were the team to beat, like. And um, look, we needed no motivation going into that final. Like, it mm. was just uh, the horrors had won, and I don't think even it was. A, uh, it, it might have been mentioned, but I don't think anyone was kind of listening. I think that we had our own motivation. Yeah, and, and I think the double was secondary. For you. Yeah, secondary. Yeah, I think it was. I think the guys were so focused that day; it was just incredible. Like, and you know, we had a guy like Colin O'Neill that had kind of breached onto the team that year uh, unexpectedly because we had six players missing. It's hard to believe. Like, we played Monster Finding in Kerry that year. We were missing six players from 89, like. Like, we were missing guys like Nike Allen, Teddy McCarthy. Injury? Uh, yeah. Uh, Paul McGrath. Um, Mick, uh, no, Mick McCarthy played. Tony Davis. Uh, Mick, Barry Coffey. Like, we, we, we had six players that started. Dinny Allen retired. We had five other players that started in the 89 final that couldn't play in the Munster final. And, like, uh, we hammered them off the field, like, mm. you know. It just showed you, like, that we had guys like subs, like John O'Driscoll, Paddy Hayes, you know, Mick McCarthy, Lord of Messon, John Cleary, uh, Mick Slocum, because it was fine as hard to make it. Uh, Danny Cullity. Yeah. Like, serious players, like. Mm. Uh, and I think then when we won that Munster final and the manner of the way we won it and guys then missing, there was lots of competition then, mm. you know, like, uh, and I suppose what was a godsend in a way, like, that we were after winning the Munster final easy, we came along then to play Roscommon in the semi-final and we had to go down to the wire to beat them, like, yeah. like, Lord of Mercy, Mick McCarthy came off the bench and kicked three great points for us, uh, only for that, like, we could have been in trouble, mm. but it was the ideal way to go into the final, like, you know, we were, we knew we had to up it, like, and there was no such thing as getting anyway complacent, like. Because if that Cork team had been three years younger and less mature, I'm not certain that you'd have overcome going down to 14 men so early. I mean, no. it was only, what was there? Was there 12 minutes gone or something? No, it was, uh, was it? like, Colm was having, Colm now, like, geez, a lot of people don't realise now, most of the time, Colm kicked 11 points he can carry in the most of the time. Like, he was, t- mm. Colm had two ways of playing, like, he, he, the switch was either on or off, but when it was on, it was on. He was some player, like. Yeah. Uh, like, semi-final in Roscommon, he never kicked the ball. We had to take him off. Finally, then, you know, Billy didn't know whether to play him or not. And, and I got on great with Colm. Like, he was a quite individual. But, like, 
my Jesus like I just motivated him up to the hilt like that did you he was the man to take me clients to the cleaners like mm-hmm. you know and Jesus I said to Billy the week, two weeks before I said you're going to have to play Colin O'Neill on, on, on my clients he'll, he'll tear him apart like I know it and like Jesus we arrived at the train station whooped the, the day before and I sat beside Colin all the way up in the train he fucking never spoke a word to me <laughs> and I said to myself I said to Billy, I, got to, I said, Jesus, I'm a bit worried about Callum. I said, I don't know whether he's going to fucking kick a ball or go mad tomorrow. There was two ways, you know. And he never got involved with the team all night. Even he, he was fucking building himself up in his head, like, mm. at this challenge. And I'd say, he was absolutely, as Mick Lanes would tell you, like, he was sent off after 26 minutes. Mick Lanes would say to this day, it was the biggest roast he ever got in his life for 26 Serious. minutes in any game. Like, he was absolutely destroying him, like. And... Like Mick being the man he was, like the incident that happened, like you know, okay, there's no doubt he threw the punch. Yeah, but it was a no, it was that. nothing. Yeah, it but in no. fairness, a lot of people would have felt to the ground maybe and made a big deal of it. But yeah. Mick just walked off, you know what I mean? And Mick had always say himself like it fucking destroyed his game as well because Mick never got a kick of the ball afterwards. Yeah, and Mick was on his own, like Mick was hanging around where I was on the fucking field, like standing kind of close to me, like and stuff. But Mick never handled the ball after Colm and uh, was sent off. Yeah. Hard to believe, like, and. Um, we went into the dressing room after Mick was uh, or Colin was sent off. There was it was completely different from '93 when Tony Davis got sent off just before half time. I remember against Derry. There was all, you know, consoling Tony. And I went in there and I said to Kate Cron in '93, I didn't. I was on crutches because I couldn't play. I was my my I had my second knee injury. I got uh, I I done my cruciate. I didn't play in '93 in the other final. But I went in and I was on crutches and I said. We were coming out and the Lord of Mercy and Kid groaning and Kid turned around to me and said, what do you think? And I said, the other final is lost. Mm-hmm. You know, inside the dressing room. But the day of 1990, it was like, that we didn't even know Colin was sent off. We couldn't wait. I'd say there was nobody sat down on the seats at halftime in 1990. It's incredible. Like, we just, we couldn't wait to get back out there again like and finish the job. Mm. You know, and if, if you look at the second half, like, Cork with 40 men absolutely dominated me. Like, yeah. apart from one or two incidents, John Cairn's been a great save at a vital stage, but, we absolutely dominated them. Like our midfield or half back line that day really was powerhouses like for Cork that day. Like mm. like Shea and Danny Culty were brilliant, like mm. and our half back line of Mick Slocum, uh, Conor Conan and Barry Coffey, they were superb, like you know. I know I wanted to finish on that, but you've reminded me that I have to ask you about something else. Cruciate knee ligament mm. injuries. Did you is this a bad memory in my head or did you finish a game one time yeah, with your cruciate yeah, gone yeah that was 1990 yeah that was that day yeah, was that yeah, that day yeah, yeah, yeah when had it happened in the game I, I always blame Barry Coffey it's, it's funny 50, 16 minutes ago Mick McCarthy went down uh, or 17 minutes ago and Mick McCarthy went down just kind of in a challenge and, and he couldn't get up and, and Dr Khan came in and he was carted off the field straight away right Um I said three or four minutes later, Barry Coffey got a ball up to Hogan Stanley, kicked it, and it kind of went past me, and I ran, I ran to get it, and I kind of, I kind of lunged to kind of get in. Martin O'Connell was coming full belt the other way, and like it wasn't the case. As only Martin could. Well, that's it. Martin Mead fellas don't pull out of it, yeah. but I was committed to the challenge, and look, my knee just, I decided to go one way, my knee decided to go another way, so. That was the tackle. Like it, 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 it often kind of, if, if you look at the the, the video, of it, you'd, you'd see it straight away. My knee kind of took a wobble, and look, I I severed my cruciate at that stage. But I, it's funny in your head, you you just you just hop up quick because I was afraid then that Doctor Connor come on and, and take me off. Mm. So I didn't want to go off, but I hopped up, and it's amazing with a crucial ligament injury, natural ligament snaps, 
and it's like if somebody shoots you within three minutes like it, the pain is unreal but then the pain goes mm. and I suppose the blood rushed to the area and it kind of protected the knee joint in a way and it was enabled me to kind of continue and running in straight lines pretty much yeah though. pretty much yeah. I, I kicked I kicked a sideline ball that day uh, no I kicked two points afterwards uh, but I kicked a sideline ball that day and I another time I, I would have kind of went maybe go for the score but I kicked a chart to Shea Fahey and she was, you know what, Shea was having one of those games like that mm. just, and Shea just turned and just put the ball over the bar from 35 yards. It was like, he never even looked at the ball. It was like, yeah. it was just, and and as I said, another time maybe I would have went for that score, but I felt my knee wasn't stable enough to, mm. to go for it. But I did kick a couple of uh, easier frees then to to, uh, to finish the game, you know, but... Uh, it was your right or your left knee? My right, yeah. So it was your kicking knee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I suppose, you know, says you if you're going to do one knee you're better off doing it not being your standing knee because yeah, that would have yeah, just yeah. that would have given way but like were you conscious for the rest of the game that you just severed your cruciate I knew I had a serious injury but just fucking blanked it on my head like mm. I just looked at these fellas and I said it was fucking if I die here I'm going to die here you know what I mean it was just it was just the last hurrah for that Cork team to beat these fellas you get you describe fabulous there the night that you won the county with Castlehaven mm. and going back and enjoying and savouring that solitude and that drink. Mm. There must have been a massive satisfaction, Lard, the night of the All Ireland football final, finally, finally getting past mm. a county that had tormented you for a decade. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, look, it was. Uh, how would you describe it as? It was just. It was just a, uh, emotions were just and, and the excitement of just winning it and winning it and beating me like it wasn't any dis it wouldn't be I don't want to come across as, as I had massive respect for me like I took massive respect for those players of me like I knew they came through the same borough land that what I did like like Mick Lyons Doug Castles like uh, you know great players like mm. you know McEntee like it was just a satisfying thing to beat them because I knew we had beaten a serious outfit. Like. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't, this car team would go down as kind of a team like that that were good, but fuck it, you didn't beat me. Like. Mm-hmm. And like, you were two giants that came on the, uh, together head on, like, and I mean head on. like. Mm-hmm. And like one thing I admire about me, like, they fucking could play football as well as 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 well as going as tough as ever you wanted, like they could play football as well. Like they had serious players, like Brian Stafford, Bernard Flynn, Colin O'Rourke, full forward, like yeah, like as good as you'd ever see, like McIntyre, Hayes, midfield, like you know their backs, like Mick Lyons, Liam Harnan, like you mm. know their fellas, Robbie O'Malley, Robbie O'Malley, like mm. uh, you know they had Kevin Foley as Tigers you wanted the wing, like yeah. like Martin O'Connell, like jeez, like Hardy man, like. So they had they, had they got a weakness at all, like you know what I mean? They hadn't yeah. a weakness, like and and mentally didn't they didn't have a weakness, like you know they were mentally strong, like you mm. know. But to beat them was what the holler and middle probably means probably more because you knew you had beaten somebody that was serious, like and 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 like if Mead or Cork didn't if one of those teams arrived at that time, who knows? Cork could have won four or five. Mm. Mead could have won the same. You know? Larry Tompkins, true. GA Hall of Famer. Thanks for joining us. No bother. Thanks, Sonny. You're welcome. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 